0: the most famous gun battle in American history took place. I'm referring, of course, to the famous shootout at the OK Corral. Here is the printed account of the event in the next day's issue of the Tombstone Daily Epitaph, word for word. Yesterday's tragedy, Tombstone Daily Epitaph, October 27, 1881. Three men hurled into eternity in the duration of a moment. Sometime Tuesday, Ike Clanton came into town and during the evening had some little talk with Doc Holliday and Marshal Earp, but nothing to cause either to suspect, further than their general knowledge of the man and the threats that had previously been conveyed to the Marshal, that the gang intended to clean out the Earps, that he was thirsting for blood at this time with one exception, and that was that Clanton told the Marshal, in answer to a question, that the McClowries were in Sonora. Shortly after this occurrence, someone came to the marshal and told him that the McLowries had been seen a short time before, just below town. Marshal Earp, now knowing what might happen and feeling his responsibility for the peace and order of the city, stayed on duty all night and added to the police force his brother Morgan and Doc Holliday. The night passed without any disturbance whatever, and at sunrise he went home to rest and sleep. A short time afterwards, one of his brothers came to his house and told him that Clanton was hunting him with threats of shooting him on sight. He discredited the report and did not get out of bed. It was not long before another of his brothers came down and told him the same thing, whereupon he got up, dressed, and went with his brother Morgan uptown. They walked up Allen Street to 5th, crossed over to Fremont, and down to 4th, where, upon turning up 4th toward Allen... They came upon Clanton with a Winchester rifle in his hand and a revolver on his hip. The marshal walked up to him, grabbed the rifle, and hit him a blow on the head at the same time, stunning him so that he was able to disarm him without further trouble. He marched Clanton off to the police court, where he entered a complaint against him for carrying deadly weapons, and the court fined Clanton $25 and costs, making twenty-seven fifty altogether. This occurrence must have been about one o'clock in the afternoon. Close upon the heels of this came the finale, which is best told in the words of RF Coleman, who was an eyewitness from the beginning to the end. mister Coleman says I was in the OK Corral at two hundred thirty PM when I saw the two Clantons and the two McLowries in an earnest conversation across the street in Dunbar's Corral. I went up the street and noticed Sheriff Behan had told him it was my opinion that they meant trouble, and it was his duty as sheriff to go and disarm them. I told him they had gone to the West End Corral. I then went and saw Marshal Virgil Earp and notified him to the same effect. I then met Billy Allen, and we walked through the O.K. Corral about 50 yards behind the sheriff. On reaching Fremont Street, I saw Virgil Earp, Wyatt Earp, Morgan Earp, and Doc Holliday in the center of the street, all armed. I had reached Bower's Meat Market. Johnny Behan had just left the Cowboys after having a conversation with them. I went along to Fly's Photograph Gallery when I heard Verge Earp say, Give up your arms or throw up your arms. There was some reply made by Frank McClowry when firing became general, over 30 shots being fired. Tom McClowry fell first but raised and fired again before he died. Bill Clanton fell next and raised to fire again when Mr. Fly took his revolver from him. Frank McCloughy ran a few rods and fell. Morgan Earp was shot through and fell. Doc Holliday was hit in the left hip, but kept on firing. Virgil Earp was hit in the third or fourth fire in the leg, which staggered him, but he kept up his effective work. Wyatt Earp stood up and fired in rapid succession, as cool as a cucumber and was not hit. Doc Holliday was as calm as though at target practice, and fired rapidly. After the firing was over, Sheriff Bean went up to Wyatt Earp and said, I'll have to arrest you. Wyatt replied, I won't be arrested today. I'm right here, and I'm not going away. You have deceived me. You told me these men were disarmed. I want to disarm them. This ends Mr. Coleman's story, which in the most essential particulars has been confirmed by others. Marshal Earp says that he and his party met the Clantons and the McClowrys in the alleyway by the McDonald Place. He called them to throw up their hands, that he had come to disarm them. Instantaneously, Bill Clanton and one of the McClowrys fired, and then it became general. Mr. Earp says it was the first shot from Frank McClowry that hit him. In other particulars, his statement does not materially differ from the statement above given. Ike Clanton was not armed and ran across to Allen Street and took refuge in the dance hall there. The two McClurys and Bill Clanton all died within a few minutes after being shot. The marshal was shot through the calf of his right leg, the ball going clear through. His brother Morgan was shot through the shoulders, the ball entering the point of the right shoulder blade, following across the back, "'shattering off a piece of one vertebrae "'and passing out the left shoulder "'in about the same position that it entered the right. "'The wound is dangerous, but not necessarily fatal, "'and Virgil's is far more painful than dangerous. "'Doc Holliday was hit upon the scabbard of his pistol, "'the leather breaking the force of the ball "'so that no material damage was done "'other than to make him limp a little in his walk. "'Dr. Matthews impaneled the coroner's jury,' who went and viewed the bodies as they lay in the cabin in the rear of Dunbar's stables on 5th Street, and then adjourned until 10 o'clock this morning. The moment the word of the shooting reached the Vizina and Toughnut mines, the whistles blew a shrill signal, and the miners came to the surface, armed themselves, and poured into town like an invading army. A few moments served to bring out all the better portions of the citizens, thoroughly armed and ready for any emergency. Precautions were immediately taken to preserve law and order, even if they had to fight for it. A guard of ten men were stationed around the county jail, and extra policemen put on for the night. The feeling among the best class of our citizens is that the marshal was entirely justified in his efforts to disarm these men, and that being fired upon, they had to defend themselves, which they did most bravely. So long as our peace officers make an effort to preserve the peace and put down highway robbery, which the Earp brothers have done, having engaged in the pursuit and capture, where captures have been made of every gang of stage robbers in the country, they will have the support of all good citizens. If the present lesson is not sufficient to teach the cowboy element that they cannot come into the streets of Tombstone in broad daylight armed with six shooters and Henry rifles to hunt down their victims, then the citizens will most assuredly take such steps to preserve the peace as will be forever a bar to such raids. What a day that must have been. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.